0: On 89.9, The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton. And uh, as we are talking about the issue of rape tonight on the program, uh, we had a chat to Sahala Abdul-Ali a little while ago, and it's great to be able to have a chat to a man who has written and put on a play. You might be a bit familiar to our audience uh, here on 89.9, The Light as well. Dan Whitteson joins us. G'day, Dan. G'day,
1: Clay. Good to talk to you, mate.
0: It's great to have a chat to you. Um, And, you know, I think we've sort of, acknowledge at the start here's a couple of blokes talking about rape and and the issues around culture and society and we want to acknowledge uh we're not sort of sitting here trying to uh, preach at anybody about what it is but we want to raise the conversation around this um i want to start that with you too uh you know you went and wrote a play called rape and other acceptable practices um where and why even say this is something i'm going to go and start writing
1: Great question. Uh, Let me just say from the top, the uh, word acceptable is in inverted commas in the production. So it's not not actually stating that it's uh, an acceptable practice at all. Um, But the play is, um, it's a one act social commentary on rape culture in Australia. Um, Every performance uh, has always been followed by a 30 minute Q and A, that's how it works because you absolutely need to debrief after something like that. Uh, My reason for uh, writing it is unfortunately, uh, too many people in my life have uh, been raped. Too many people who I know and love, um who are very dear and close to me of you know they they, and uh i I don't know what it is but uh you know my friends are very open and and sharing and this information comes forth but it wasn't like oh yeah you know this happened to a friend of mine or two or three or four but like a large number of my friends uh rape survivors and uh and so i released a just a podcast with a buddy of mine uh, about a year and a half ago, where we explored a whole range of issues, you know, uh, mental health, um, addictions, but but rape culture was one of the issues we addressed in it. And then even more people were emailing and messaging saying, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. And I, this is like, it seemed ridiculous, the amount of people who came forward. And so what I always do with uh, whether I'm writing for stage or film, what I like to do is create a production that doesn't necessarily answer any questions it's more of a social commentary on an issue and usually from that conversations that stem from that can um occasionally present healing or um, provoke someone to act in a just way or take action or something like that so that was the uh, that was the purpose behind writing this play is it's my social commentary on saying this is this is actually a huge issue in australia it's not like it's not like, oh, yeah, that happens. No, no, this happens too often to a lot of people. And so we need to, you know, speak into that.
0: Yeah. And, and I think there's the difference between a, 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 an act of rape and what you said there at rape culture.
1: What do you define
0: yes. that as? Did you did you have to go and try and understand what you meant by that as you wrote this play?
1: Uh, I found that um, whilst you could do your quick little Google search and say, okay, rape culture is this, I found that uh, for a lot of people who have been, you know, unfortunately, um, victims of rape culture, uh, would define it in many different ways, but I would suggest that it is anything that in some way, shape or forms endorses the idea of rape. So there's rape culture in music, you know, depending on the lyrics, who's singing about what There's rape culture in television, there's rape culture in art, you know, anything, any form of anything that speaks into rape in a positive way or an acceptable way uh, I think absolutely contributes to rape culture.
0: Yeah and how I I, you know we talk about this a lot and we've probably all talked about it to our kids in time that you know we understand that media and these sorts of areas eventually start infusing our own opinions and our own ideas and our own concepts about whatever else it might be. My sense is I suppose that that this is a part of it from that perspective. Is that something you would accept as well, that um, these conversations in these other places eventually start leading to people going, well, actually that's, that's, that's fine for me in my life, or or, that's the way I'm going to live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's why we need social commentaries, isn't it? And why we need conversation afterwards. So people can share their perspectives their their different ideas where they're coming from but somewhere along the line and I think pretty early on we need to draw a line and say hey man you be you you live your life that's all good but there's a very clear line here that that uh I think as a society we say we can't cross that because it's it's horrific um I, I read a uh report recently um that had a crazy statistic. Now, this wasn't these. No one from Australia was interviewed in this, but there were ten thousand men from the Asia Pacific region, uh, and a quarter of them, so two hundred and fifty thousand of ten. Sorry, two hundred two thousand five hundred yep. of ten thousand uh, admitted to raping yeah. someone. Gee, crazy, crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, why do you think there's a hesitancy to talk about it, um, Dan? You know, I mean, the fact that the you put on a play like this, you know, when I first saw it a a while ago now, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, like, why are we, um, why is it something that we feel like, oh, we we shouldn't talk about? I I think it's probably part of why there's problems as well. But why do you think that's the case here in Australia, especially?
1: My opinion on that is uh, twofold. Uh, First, it's uncomfortable. So generally we don't like talking about a lot of uncomfortable topics. Um, People, you know, you're not going to a dinner party and, You 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 want to talk about football or you want to have a a friendly debate. You'll talk about politics. But to just bring up the topic of rape and rape culture, Mm -hmm. you know, people are like, oh, gee, easy. Let's not not go there. We're just having a fun night out. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Um, But secondly, I think there's fear of persecution too. So I've got to admit when I approached this project and started telling people I was going to do it, I totally got um, persecuted by a number mm. of people, you know, you're, you're a man. Why can you talk about this or what's your experience in this or what makes you an expert in this? And, and there's this, I don't know what it is, but there is a culture in Australia where we like to jump on someone, keyboard warriors, all the rest of it, who get on top of you. And so it's easier not to, it's easy to kind of go, Oh, this is a problem. It should be addressed. Well, I'm not going to do it, you know? So, um, there's, there's that aspect to it as well.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to talk more with Dan Whitteson, the man who wrote this play and, and acted in it as well, uh, it, as we did highlight as well, rape and other acceptable practices, the acceptable in inverted commas. It's a bit harder on radio to emphasize <laughs> that part. So we'll, we'll keep saying that. But we want to talk about this more today. Uh, and we also want to talk about that in, in the essence and, and the understanding of uh, what that means is some of the behaviors that follow on from that gaslighting, uh, people not standing up, those sorts of things. That was also explored during this play. We'll talk to Dan about that next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and a big topic that we're talking about tonight overall on the program, and it's an important one. We're talking about rape and rape culture and what we need to do as society to hear, first of all, and then perhaps react and, 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 and do life differently as we go through. And Dan Widdison's joining us via the wonders of Zoom. Uh, he wrote and starred in this play, Rape and Other Ex- Acceptable Practices. As We've been saying acceptable in inverted commas as well. We talked a, a bit about how it sort of came about, Dan, those sorts of areas. And wanted to also highlight that the sort of the follow-on aspects that often occur for somebody who's been raped. And that, that idea of gaslighting, that idea of uh, being diminished, those sorts of things, maybe even start with what you understand as gaslighting. I know not everyone perhaps knows what that phrase means
1: yeah um gas is uh emotional manipulation to the extreme where the uh the perpetrator suddenly plays themselves um as the victim perhaps or they they try to mishmash your thoughts and your memories to you know to make you question, oh my goodness, did it even happen? Did it real? Because it, I thought, I thought it was rape, wasn't it rape? And you know, questions like, oh come on, you liked it, you never said no. Master manipulation, it's horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific.
0: Yeah, And and I mean, the other thing, you actually played the the perpetrator in this play too, right? Which is a whole other level. I'd imagine as you you, you try and get into a headspace to say, oh, I'm trying to do this to have a good good discussion, but I've got to embody this person. How, how was that?
1: It was uh, it was horrible. It was, I, you know, I can't, uh, it's such a strange experience because I've, I've, uh, I mean, I've, I've been acting since I was eight. I've been acting professionally since I was 19. So 21 years playing all these different characters, um, you know, heroes, villains, sidekicks, whatever it is. And I've played some horrible characters, you know, I've played murderers before I've, I've played characters who have attacked men and women before. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've never felt, uh, <laughs> as horrible as I, as I did putting this uh, production together like the the character I played, his name is Jason, is just um, just a horrible, horrible human being. There's this um, young, vibrant, outgoing woman at the start of the play. Jason um, meets her, violently attacks her, and then spends the rest of the play emotionally manipulating her and tricking her and tearing her life uh, apart. And whilst as actors we, yeah, we, we, um, loved working together. There's a team of four of us. And, uh, you know, we, we have fun behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. But when, it, you know, every sing- I, I reached a point where I no longer got nervous jumping on stage or getting in front of a camera. It's like, okay, here we go. Here we go again. This will be fun. This will be great. And yet with this production, every single night, I just, I felt horrible before the show because I'm like, this audience is going to see this for the first time and it's going to be really difficult for them to watch.
0: Yeah. What was the the reactions like, you know? I mean, when you're acting, it's great when somebody completely hates you if you're supposed to be the bad guy, right? I get all of that. But but beyond just the personal aspect, I'm talking about as people saw this, what was their reaction to that? What was their reaction to the gaslighting? Was there what were the the questions and and the discussions post these, you know, productions?
1: I've never experienced anything quite so powerful from an audience ever in my life. It, the responses were crazy. Um, from the start, I should say every audience who saw the show, we played it uh, played it on the coast, we played it um, in the ACT, we played it in Sydney City. Um, every audience who watched the show, um, said they could relate to some aspect of it. Um, they said it was triggering, but in a healing, healthy way, in a positive way, which was good. Um, they, uh, The word visceral was thrown around every night. That's the response they got. Um, they felt uncomfortable. They were thankful for watching it, but wouldn't want to see it again. All these, mm. these are the kind of things that are coming out. But the first, um, without giving away too much what happens, there, there is... Um, there's an aspect where you want the audience to react in some way. There's an aspect where you kind of almost calling on the audience to, for a response. Um, and, uh, the first night this is trial and error. This is the first time this production had ever been done. The first night we weren't aware of just how powerful the piece was. And, uh, in the final moments of the show, uh, I got rushed on stage i've never experienced anything like it a lady jumped out of her seat um put me in an arm bar almost broke my finger i've still got a scar on my thumb where she dug a nail in another guy came onto stage yelling at me a group of women came onto stage and surrounded claudia who's the victim uh who plays the victim in the show and they literally chased me off stage. i was i was afraid it it was crazy, and then we, the director had to come on stage, get everything to stop. We came out, did the bows, and then did the Q and A. And it was um, it was people were in tears. People, it was it was incredible. Um, and after the Q and A, like it was a it was a good response from the audience. They were they were thankful for the production and um, found it healing in ways, and spoke about the positivity of the show. But it made us realize from every show from then on, the director had to come out at the start of the show and say, we understand that um, this is going to evoke a powerful response. Mm. If you feel triggered and you want to leave, please do it at any stage. You're welcome to do that. But at no stage, come onto the performing space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So- what was... The- what was the reaction to even that first group when they realised that, you know, this guy that they were trying to go and get was actually the guy that wrote it as well and actually had, had come up with that? Was was there a, a sense of, oh, wow, thank you for taking that, or, oh, my goodness, you know?
1: Uh, you know, I Clay, it's funny because I think um, people bring their life journey into their perspectives and it shapes their thoughts and shapes how they view other people. At the end of the day, I'm an actor on stage portraying a role yeah. and um most people in the audience got that um one lady in the audience said well you deserve that now you know what it's like to be a woman i'm, I'm like okay and you know i didn't i didn't respond i'm like okay she she needs to get that yes off the yeah. chest. that's that's fine you know so, say that um, the woman who attacked me contacted the director a week later apologizing she sent me a little uh, gift card to bunnings I was just <laughs> sorry <laughs> But it but it's really fun it's really funny, isn't it, how um when you tap into something that is so raw and is yeah. so horrific and you're confronted with it, how your how your brain I mean, if you said to them at the start of the show, hey, these are just actors, they're just pretending. Please don't please don't try to hurt them, the audience would go, Well, of course. Yeah. Of course I know that. That's obvious. But by the end of the hour production Yeah. They, they, and even some of my very close friends who are actors themselves and understand that you're playing a role said to me afterwards, I wanted to punch you in the face. I wanted to get on stage, and punch you in the face. I was like, well, you know what? It kind of happened in the first show. So, yep. I don't so blame. there we
0: go. Um, Dan, I do want to ask you, this is slightly separate to what the play is, but I suppose you, you've spent so much time immersed in, in wanting to understand in wanting to share um, these conversations. Um you know we we have obviously a faith based radio station of that christian perspective you, you you also are someone who says yep my, my life's committed to jesus in that that regards um from a faith perspective my sense is i don't feel like here in australia in in christian circles we we perhaps having enough conversations about this or we're doing it in a mature enough way um do you have an opinion around that do you think there's something that we could be doing better perhaps as we go forward
1: um as you would know, all all churches are so different, and church families and church groups have all these different approaches. Um, from my experience, um, you know, having been a pastor in a, a few different churches, um, having attended a few different churches, uh, you know, even even you know, working um, with light, and you, you kind of you get in you get invited to different church spaces to see how they operate. From what I found, and it's just my personal perspective, um, so many churches seem to be about um, encouragement, which is a great thing, and spreading hope, the hope of Christ, which is a great thing, and, um, you know, reinforcing the love and the joy that we can have, which is a great thing. But I found when the emphasis is only there, sometimes we neglect to look into the dark spaces. And I personally, I think to, to truly explore hope and love and joy we need to talk about those contrasting places where people are at you know people of faith are at people who don't have faith are at there's this dark aspect of the world and of human nature and and one of the many dark aspects of that is um you know is sexual it's 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 rape culture it's Hmm. um attacks it's all that kind of stuff and i would love to see more churches you know take the risk and be brave and and spend time in that space and, and not treat it like, okay, we're just, we're just going to touch here and, and then then never go, and then go back to a four month series on joy and hope and love. I think it's just got to be, it's part of life, unfortunately. And we need to have those uncomfortable conversations in church. I mean, one in three, one in three women have been, sorry, one in three women have reported a sexual assault. The stats would be much higher than that. Mm. One in 20 men have reported a sexual assault. So do the stats yourself and look at your church family. Maybe we need to talk yeah. about that in this group of two hundred people or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final one too, Dan. As we go through, you know, you've you've written this play, you've performed this, you, you've heard the audience reaction as well. I suppose I'd ask a question for Australian society as a whole. Um, you know, we we obviously don't have a magic wand which we can go and everything's solved. But from a conversation space, from a um, you know. Uh, mindset space. What's the thing that we need to do to be better at? At least step one, in your opinion.
1: Uh, talking about it, <laughs> exactly this. The 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 thing we need to this first step is uh is talking about it. The more we, I found that um com- conversations, genuine open conversations, uh, stimulate answers down to the track. Um, There were so many people who were in the audience who admitted for the first time in front of uh, strangers that they had been raped Mm -hmm. and they never would have done that had not there been a space to have that conversation. Um, So step one is being willing to talk about
0: it. Yeah. Great. And I think it's then uh, that aspect too uh, around that, isn't it? That, that idea. And I I know you do explore it in the, the play as well, that those around their response then too, um, the response to oh, not just go absolutely. Well, oh well, that's your problem now. We, it's it's all our responsibility to step in there too, isn't it?
1: Can yeah, can I can I actually share this before? This is this is probably the greatest thing that came out of the production. Yeah, it's it's largely focused on the bystander. Um, I should have pointed that out before. But one of the best comments we received after a performance, a guy came up to me and he said, you know what, if I saw something in the street that was a little bit off before tonight, I'd probably just let it go. But after tonight, I think I'm always at least just going to step in and say, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I thought, great, great. You don't have to be a hero. You don't have to run in and, and try and physically restrain someone. But sometimes just walking past and going, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right over there? Or knowing it's not calling the police, if yeah, what you're willing to walk past, you're willing to accept, right? Hence, yeah. why it's rape and other acceptable practices.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's something for for all of us to take through. Um, just before we finish up, I want to give the care line number. Maybe there is something in your world, uh, as we've talked throughout the whole show today, uh, whether it's triggering for you, whether it's just something you need to talk through, whether it's someone you need to share something with, whether it's you need you know what I. I just need a person right now to, to chat with. That's why the care line is there for you. Um, and they can also connect you onto other specialized services if that's something that you need right now too. So here's the number 9583-2273, 9583-CARE. If you use the letter pad on your phone, 9583-CARE. They're there for you uh, right now. Dan, thanks so much uh, for being willing to say, you know what? I, I, I hear this in my world. Um, I'm going to, Create something that hopefully will have more conversation and, as we said, lead to action beyond that. And appreciate your time today as well. Thanks so much for it. Thank you. Dan Whitteson, he's the man behind rape and other acceptable practices, as we've been talking about uh, this evening, here on 89.9, The Light.